You've been lied to, but you don't know how. You've searched, you've struggled, you've cried out. You want the truth, but where is it? You've wandered, you've fought, you've strived, and you have not been satisfied. What is truth? Where is truth? Who is truth? The kingdom of God. Mind control. The last days. Higher dimensions. Unity. The power of faith. Discovering the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. God has promised that he will hide us under his feathers and under his wings we will trust. His truth shall be our shield and our buckler. Discovering the Truth with Dan Devon is the premier program that is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is designed to show you how to become more than you have ever imagined through the power of truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And now, prepare for your host, Dan Duvall. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. This program is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth. Behind the Lies, this program is a production of Bride Ministries, and you can find us at www.bridemovement.com and www.thefireplacechurch.org. Now, last Sunday was September 11th. How exciting. Why? Because we launched the Sunday evening service of the Fireplace Church. And you know what? It went just fine. And, you know, I just want to invite you guys. Now that we have two nights of service available, both Friday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and Sunday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I don't want to hear any excuses. We have two options so that those of you that have schedules that don't accommodate Friday nights or schedules that don't accommodate Sunday nights can find a place or a time that works for you. If not, in the future, we may open up some kind of morning service and do three. But for now, we're at two, and we're really excited about that. We have moderators conducting internet-based moderated discussion groups both nights. It is the same experience, different teams uh, working on different nights of volunteers, but the same experience. And so we want to invite you guys. We, we want to hang out with you at thefireplacechurch.org. So be sure to check us out. Um, other than that, you know, there's a lot going on, folks. I am excited about an upcoming conference. Uh, it's actually a school uh, we were calling it a three-day school, and it's going to be in Murfreesboro, Tennessee at Global Fire Center, November 4th through the 6th. 
And of course, you can go to globalfireministries.com to sign up when they make that available. I'm going to be sharing a lot on warfare and uh, uh, Jeff Jansen, who will be a future guest on my program, by the way, is also going to be sharing a lot. He'll be getting into glory. He'll be getting into the kingdom. We'll both be going on about dimensions in the kingdom. Folks, it's really going to be a cool mix of revelation on how to get kingdom business done. So, you know, if you're in the Tennessee area or within a couple hours and would like to take a weekend, a whole weekend to really be empowered and get some incredible teaching that's really going to push the envelope, I invite you to go to globalfireministries.com and sign up for that conference. Of course, if you visit us, I don't have a sign up on our website. I am telling you, visit theirs. Now, in addition to that, of course, we have our books available, Higher Dimensions, Parallel Dimensions, and the Spirit Realm, Kingdom, Government, and the Promise of Sheep Nations, also Noah's Ark in the End of Days, all available at both of our websites. We still have some copies of the DVD from the Australia conference in, in from November, November of 2015. If you wanted to pick that up or have been you know, thinking about, wouldn't it be cool to have Dan Duvall on DVD from 2015? <laughs> You know what? Go and pick it up at our website. It's, it's really very moderately priced. We are now entering into week six of discipleship. What that means, folks, is that there's going to be new discipleship signups going out soon. Now, if you have been hearing this program and you're like really excited about what we're talking about and you want to be equipped, you want to be trained, you want some deeper teaching, some community, some fellowship, uh, some impartation from Bride Ministries, the way to get it, I mean, really, the, the way to get it besides the Fireplace Church is through our discipleship. And if you are not on our discipleship waiting list, I want to encourage you. Send us an email. Send us a communication. Go to either of our websites. Just fill out the form and say, hey, be sure to add me to your discipleship waiting list so that you will be the first to know when we make new signups available for discipleship. Now we do, in addition to the four discipleship courses we offer, which are Grace in Christ, the Kingdom and Spiritual Warfare, offer now a a weekend conference called Advanced Spiritual Warfare Number 1. I've given that conference only one time to one group of people. And if you are a graduate of our discipleship courses, you will have an opportunity to get into uh, the next presentation of that conference, Advanced Spiritual Warfare Number 1. Guess what else I'm working on? Advanced Spiritual Warfare Number 2. And so if you took Advanced Spiritual Warfare Number 1 and you're like, I can't wait for Advanced Spiritual Warfare Number 2, um, I do plan to create that weekend conference as well, and somehow we'll fit it into the schedule. Obviously, this kind of thing is going to be getting communicated to those of you that are on our email list, that have participated in our uh, discipleship courses. Um, if you're not connected with us, to be on our email list or to be in communication with our ministry, please, I want to encourage you. Go ahead. Stop by our website. Say, hey, add me to the email list. I want to be in the loop. Um, Our email list subscribers will also get weekly invitations to the fireplacechurch.org services. You know, you get reminders. So anyway, that's there for you, folks. Our program today is going to be absolutely profound. So much 
is going to be discussed and, and you are really going to be at the edge of your seat. Another program I, I do recommend, I, I do recommend a pillow and place it in front of you, possibly on your lap or your desk because your jaw will appreciate the soft landing. Elena is going to be talking to you today in part two of her personal testimony, her story, what she has seen, borne witness to and experienced. And it is really intense. So I do want to say this before we get into the program. There will be some pretty uh, graphic things discussed in this particular program. So be ready for that. If you have young children, uh, I would say let them skip this program. And by the way, I want to add this one addendum. People like Elena are being helped at Bride Ministries. Why? Because we support survivors. We pay to get survivors the help they need. I work with some of the survivors that apply for help through Bride Ministries. And we have a whole list of coaches that work with survivors who apply for help through Bride Ministries. We are underwriting the cost of getting help to people like Elena. And the reason why we're doing it is because you are empowering us to do it with your financial partnership. And I'll tell you what, if we didn't have financial partnership right now, people like Elena, they wouldn't have a solution for their problems through Bride Ministries. And so what I want to say is thank you to those of you that have supported us, that have encouraged us with financial partnership, also with your prayers as well. Folks, this is the reality of the situation. Um, we want to create ongoing sustainable solutions for the, uh, the help of many survivors around the world. We're not satisfied with the number of survivors we're helping now. We want to continue to expand the borders and the horizons of the number of people we're actually helping and also equipping to help others. We have a whole vision to equip people to help survivors and to get survivors help, which includes the creation of a DID coaching school. Folks, everything that we want to do costs real dollars and real cents. And so I want to encourage you, if you believe in our vision and what we're doing here, um, if you hear Elena and man, God pulls on your heart because you realize just how dire the situations are that some of these people are coming out of, you know, be part of the solution. Go to Bride Ministries or at bridemovement.com or thefireplacechurch.org. It all goes to the same place and support us. Send us a donation or write to us at PO Box 362 Nash, Texas, 75569. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall.
We're back on Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. And folks, we are really in for it today. We're going to be going for a second round with Elena on her story. And for those of you that have not heard Elena before, this is who Elena is. Elena is a survivor of government-sponsored mind control projects and satanic ritual abuse that has been engaging a healing journey because you support us and through Bride Ministries, she has been able to find healing and deliverance in Jesus' name. And folks, her story is incredible. And she has been on my program a number of times because she has been on with Robert Van Dreist Mitchell, who is an, an Illuminati defector, uh, who has a lot of overlapping information. Uh, we talked about Montauk because they were both involved in that project. We talked about uh, a lot of related subject matter in a second interview with the two of them. Elena has also been on with me with Carolyn Hamlet to talk about types and degrees of hybrids because what we have attempted to oversimplify as Christians who have caught up to the idea that the hybrid agenda is real uh, is just not going to fly as we go into these last days. And we are learning about types and degrees of hybrids. And now Elena has been with me uh, to just talk about her own story. This is the second installment. She is so brave. And I'll tell you what, she is also so in love with Jesus. It's inspiring. Elena, welcome back to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate your bravery, Elena. I appreciate the fact that you're willing not only to engage the healing journey, which is hard enough all by itself, but that you have the courage to talk about what's happened, what you've survived, and what you've seen. And, um, you know, I just uh, think so highly of you. And I know our audience does as well. And, you know, Elena, today, as we begin to get back into your story, I want to begin by dialoguing a bit about the family you come from, specifically who your dad was and how what he was involved in put your life on the trajectory it, it was on. Okay. Um, my father was a high-level military contractor. He comes from a draconian bloodline that stretches back, way back, into not just the founding fathers, but actually had, I've had ancestors that came over on the Mayflower. Um, one of my ancestors was a signer of the Declaration of Independence, which I find to be very ironic, seeing as that my father felt it was all right to sell me into ritual abuse so he could climb the corporate food chain. Um, I had five brothers and sisters, of which right now only four are surviving. My brother and his son and his grandson have all died some very mysterious deaths. Um, they've all met, um, well, my brother disappeared for seven years. Nobody knew where he was. 
And when he did show up, he showed up, um, I would say it's classic CIA assassination. He had been dead for five days before anybody knew that he had been dead. The neighbors um, discovered him and his partner, his girlfriend. They were um, dead in the bed together, both died at exactly the same time. There was no drugs. They could not find alcohol. They, as a matter of fact, the whole investigation was bizarre. So, and then um, 10 years later, his son and his grandson died in a car accident that was just, in a word, the most freakish thing I have ever heard of in my life. So I certainly don't believe that either one of those were accidental. So um, my um, other brothers and sisters, um, to what extent they've been involved with this, I don't know. I was the firstborn, and my brother was the firstborn son. So I tend to believe that we were probably, you know, the most targeted out of the family. There's one that I consider probably the one that was chosen to carry on the, the, the bloodline. Um, so that's a little bit about them. What did your dad sign you up for as a young child? Let's just begin with what a draconian bloodline is. I'm not sure of all of it because I'm still remembering things that they have done all kinds of things to me to make me forget. So it's really hard sometimes connecting back into it because they have used technologies such as implants, electromagnetism, um, ultrasound, lasers, brain scarring. They've used a number of things to partition off some of this. So the fact that I can access any of it at all is a complete miracle. And I'm very grateful to Daniel Duvall and Bride Ministries for this because I don't even know if I'd still be breathing right now if it wasn't for you. Um, I was pretty bad off, and I had no clue why these things were happening to me. Mm. Um, draconians um, have integrated themselves into the highest levels of the governments of the world. They've been around for a long time. Um, they are master shapeshifters. They do something called polymorph. And they're really good at it. You know, you can think you're looking at a human being and you're not. Sometimes the only way you can tell is by their eyes. So um, because of this, they're very interested in continuing this draconian bloodline. And that is why, actually, I think if you try to take yourself out of the equation and look through the eyes of those that are selling their children into this, they might even think they're doing something good for their child. Or for themselves, it's usually about them too. But um, to you know, set you up to be um, a world leader in one of the arenas that they're very interested in, which is, um, well, besides politics, of course, is you know, 
financial, and the military technology, religion, and media. Very interested in all of those. So um, when I was a child, there was a ritual done to give me or to dedicate me to Lucifer. And um, I'm not exactly sure of the chronological order of what came first, you know, because we have pulled these various, we call them littles, they're memories, childhood memories that have been partitioned off surrounding an event. And when they come up, they're very painful. And I'm not just talking mentally, I'm talking physically because your body has stored this information in various areas. So that is how I know that it's real. I can't, no one can just make up a giant welt coming out of their face, you know, so, um, or some of the welts that came up out of my head were, they were atrocious. They put me in the hospital. Hmm. I was in so much pain I could barely stand up when we first started working and uncovering some of these details, um, we found out about Lucy, that was what her name was, this alter Lucy, who um, told us she knew where the brain was. Remember that? Yes. She knew where the brain was. And the brain just happened to be structured like a Kabbalah tree. And we were given information via the Holy Spirit and the angels that were working with us how to take the structure down. Now, whether this was in me or outside of me, I don't know. But we had quite the session that morning, remember? <laughs> that, was, that was quite the morning. <laughs> so, we, we'll have this... to come back to that story at some point. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, that was a session. So, Lucy... Um, um, had been terribly abused um, with snakes. They put her in a coffin with snakes. That That's the one thing I <laughs> clearly, among some other things that I won't get into the nitty-gritty because it's pretty bad, but um, that's where Lucy came about. And she was... They must have done this to me when I was about four or five. The moon child ritual happened when I was born. That was at my birth. But Lucy came about later, and that's when they actually had a marriage ceremony to Lucifer. They were after something called what they call the Holy Grail. And this is the marriage of humanity to the draconian bloodline. That's what they were after. And this connects back into the founding fathers as well. Um, my ancestor founded two what he called Solomon's temples. There was one in Charleston and one in Atlanta. And this goes way back to the 1700s, 1600s, something like that. But he was part of the founding of both of those. So, so um, thank you for that. You know, folks, the, the reality is the details that Elena is sparing you um, 
are, are, are really quite graphic. And so there's a reason why uh, I'm not going to push the issue or ask her to go into anything further than she is just detailed right here. Um, it, it was horrible. Would you go ahead? Go ahead. I'm a, if I was to start talking about it, I don't know if I could do it without breaking down either. Mm. And um, I don't want to do that. So, But here's the truth, folks. Uh, some of the things that Elena brought up, I just want to bring uh, a little bit more attention to. One, welts appearing on her body. When trauma is dissociated from, it can be stored in the the actual tissue or cells of the body um not as a normal memory in in the brain and so when the dissociated memories are reaccessed at some point in the future it's not uncommon for them to be accompanied by physiological manifestations of marks on the skin the appearance of strange symbols in the skin, bruising. Um, recently, Elena did manifest black eyes mm. after a session. It, no one punched her. I mean, it was <laughs> a uh, a body memory that had you know manifested. As we are going through this stuff, this this is the reality of the situation. You know, people think, well, you want to make up that you were married to Lucifer or something. Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, you can make up stories, but what you can't make up is physiological manifestations right. like bruised eyes, like um, other types of affect, um, desires to throw up uh, <laughs> or actual vomit during a session, um, excessive belching. I mean, it's like all kinds of physiological manifestations accompany deliverance and, and the recovering of suppressed or dissociated memories that are being held by alter personalities or what Elena referred to in her case, sometimes they are littles or they're, they're children within the mind that are partitioned off. And so you, what, what we're saying is she's going through all of this. Folks, she is going through it. And, you know, if, if you can't believe the story, you can certainly believe the manifestations. I mean, and... and Elena's really good about grabbing photographic evidence. I literally remember the day where her hair color changed like three or four times in an afternoon. It was red. It was blonde. It was brown. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Or maybe <laughs> she's DID. Like this is what happens, folks. It, this is not something that is made up or fabricated, let me tell you. Elena's not the only one that I work with that's on this kind of a journey. So I just wanted to bring some attention to that. Now, Elena, we've learned so much. Uh, we, we learned a ton from Lucy, um, which was one of your alters. I want to get into some of the other major players that are alters on the inside of you and what we learned from them as okay. well. But before we get into the next person, I'm going to take our uh, listeners off of the edge of their seat and come back to the story about the Kabbalah and the brain. 
because that is an incredible story. And I don't want to just leave that one floating. We have an opportunity now to get to it. Why don't you tell us what you remember from that session? My goodness, Daniel, let's just, can we back it up just a bit? Yeah. When I first started working with Daniel and I had to fill out this form that said, why do you think you're TID? I said, I don't. I'm not a doctor. I'm not qualified to make this diagnosis. And the very first session we had and the subsequent sessions after that, I would get these huge lumps coming out of my head. And um, I actually got really frightened. I didn't know what, what this was. And the headache was so profound that I couldn't even see straight. I could barely function. I said, I'll have to go to the hospital. I don't know if I'm having a stroke or what. And they could not figure out what it was. And um, so I, I, let's just go there as long as we're underlining the fact that there are these things that happen um, when these various pieces come up. And this has pretty much been the case for this last year and a half that we've been working together. Is that after a session, um, I will get some very odd physiological effects. So back to Lucy. When Lucy came up, um, I think she, after we, we met Lucy, I think that week, I began to hear internally this very loud little girl's voice saying, I know where the brain is. I had no idea what she was talking about. I know where, and I would email you, Daniel, Lucy knows where the brain is. <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> what brain, you know? And that is when the angels showed up, remember? Mm -hmm. And they sent you an email with what, how this prayer was supposed to be um, constructed around the Kabbalah. Because I remember the next time we had a session, we were talking about this. I said, Daniel, what is what about the Kabbalah? I didn't really know anything about it. I mean, I'd heard of it, but I knew it was something to do with Jewish mysticism, but I really did not know a whole lot about what Kabbalah is. And I remember you said, how did you put it? Kabbalah was not necessary to Christianity or something like that. Yeah. Well, well, and, I never... and, and let me just pause here for a minute so, so people kind of get an idea of what's happening here. Um, okay, so Elena just said the angels show up and they sent you an email. All right. Let me explain that language for just a minute, folks. Well, wait, wait, wait. Yes. Wait. Um, it took me. Mm. I mean, I wrestled this whole idea of angels telling me how to pray. For that entire week, it took me hours to actually believe that this was actually coming from the Holy Spirit and okay to send to Daniel. It was very difficult. So, okay, go ahead. In the program that we did, Montauk Boots on the Ground, we talked about how something similar happened. This was a, a separate instance where... Elena basically sent me an email on behalf of the angel. In the Bible, in the book of Daniel, here's what happens. 
In Daniel chapter 10, Daniel goes on a 21-day fast. And after 21 days, the angel shows up and says, Daniel, I am come because of your words. Now, when that angel shows up, he begins to detail all this information about what's to come. And you know what Daniel does, folks? He writes down what the angel says and gives it to us in the Bible as a letter. Thus says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord through the angel. All of Daniel 11 and 12 is actually a dictation that was written down as a result of God sending a messenger to speak to a man. That's what happened. <laughs> okay, The angel showed up and he basically told Elena all this information about the brain. And she wrote it down, just like he did. What I'm saying is, it's not that strange, really. God is still doing things, and this is one of the ways he does them. So, now that we know you're not strange and crazy, Elena, please continue. Okay, so I knew that something very unusual was going on, and the wrestling, I'm because like most people, it's very difficult to trust it. Okay, is this God? What is this? And um, finally, I said, okay, if it's not God, we'll figure it out. But right now, I'm going to trust that it is. And so I began to just listen and write down what I heard. And what came forth is I come to you from the throne room of El Elyon, the great and dreadful God who keeps his covenant of love and mercy to them that love him and keep his commandments. I am Michael, the prince that stands up for the children of the Lord Most High, the Messiah, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in these last moments. The structure that has been referred to as the brain is, in fact, an abomination before the Lord and a stench before him. You are to go forth and do as is written in Deuteronomy 12 and 3, and you shall overthrow their altars, break their pillars, burn their groves with fire, and you shall hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place. Go forth and utterly destroy it. We are with you. All of heaven is with you. Your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, is with you. Indeed, El Gabor, the mighty God, he is with us all. And then they gave us marching directions how to surround this brain and tear it down one at a time with scripture, taking that sword and, and going to each one of these. And I tend to believe that this might have been some form of artificial intelligence. I, I really don't know. It kind of, when you look up artificial intelligence, you can definitely see there's a correspondence between that and Kabbalah. Okay. So, anyway. So, question. Where did you see this when you saw it in the spirit? In my heart. Mm -hmm. Inside. But I also felt it outside. It was in both places. I did not see a form, but I could feel that the room was filled with peace and a presence that I cannot quite adequately describe in words. It's a strength. It's a calming of fears. 
Yet at the same point, there's this idea that um, uh, the fear of the Lord, <laughs> um, it's both. There's a peace to it, but there's also this sense that came over me that this was really, really important and to be serious. But then there would be this other thing that would go on. It's like, oh, is this real? So, yeah. Okay. Now, the Kabbalistic tree of life has what you could essentially call nodes and 32 paths going between them. How did you perceive the nodes and how did you perceive the paths of the brain, quote unquote, that you were looking at? They showed me. Now, you're talking to somebody that doesn't know anything about this. They showed me. And um, so as we went to each node, and it was interesting, there's 10 nodes. Mm -hmm. And for each node, there would be, okay, let's just take one of them. Um, um, he said to wait before the Lord and discern the release he will give into your spirit. When your spirit bears witness, begin to march around this object, stopping at each node and speak the word of the Lord. And so the first one, the Lord rebuke you, false God Kether, in the name of Jesus. It is written about you in the book of Ezekiel. And so we went through that. And then, agent of Satan, we strip you of your crown, melt you in the holy fire of the Most High God. We bind you now with unbreakable chains of iron and dispatch the holy host of heaven to send you to the prison of the angels where the great mountains are burning with a terrible fire, to the abyss, to the dreadful place where you'll be in prison forever. We ask, Father, that you send mighty warriors to take this principality there now. We shatter your glass ceilings and tear down your golden gates and iron bars. We smash and utterly destroy all your domains, all your connections, all your false promises, and quantum deceptions now in the name of Jesus. He is the Lord Most High. And that was just one. And there was one for each one. And there was like a commandment that each one of the commandments, you know, thou sh it is written mm -hmm. that thou shall not make unto thee a graven image. So there was a, for each node, there was another commandment given that was to be spoken into that node. You remember? I, I remember, folks. This is called high-level spiritual warfare slash deliverance. It's, uh, it was a really intense day, I'll tell you what. Um, we went around and, yeah, we did deal with all ten nodes and spoke all kinds of things. At the end of the day, <laughs> Elena... What did you perceive happening in the spirit realm as a result of all of the work? What did you see the angels do with the mm -hmm. brain? If it's the same time that I'm remembering the dimension that this brain lived in was rolled up like a skull and carried off. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and and mm -hmm. I didn't feel bad after that, that this was, 
you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm looking back now saying, how in the world could you have ever doubted that this was, was God? Because <laughs> no enemy would want to do this to themselves. <laughs> so yeah, that's a great point. I, I can look back now mm -hmm. and say, wow, what was going on? Well, that it was the warfare within from the enemy trying to stop this. You know, they make you try to doubt yourself, doubt your identity, doubt your walk, doubt the love of God, all those things. And I really want to thank Daniel because not only did he welcome it, he validated me. And that just meant so much because now I'm thinking, yeah, good, we're going to go get him again. <laughs> Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, um, folks, the reality of the situation is the, the spirit realm is quite complex and it entails other dimensions, realms, timelines, spaces that are occupied by strange machinations like this brain formed after the setup of a Kabbalah type thing that you find this kind of stuff in the spirit realm. And the reason why this conversation may sound very strange to a lot of Christians is because most Christians just don't go there. Uh, but we have to. So I didn't, you know, what, what can I say? Um, this is called kingdom business. God, yeah has an agenda to displace all the power of the enemy everywhere. And that, of course, includes the earth. It includes the heavens as well. And um, anyway, the Bible says in Ephesians 3.10, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. There you have it. Elena, we met... A very very interesting part of you one day and her name is Julie now Julie is incredible first of all so smart it was really fun for me to meet her and realize that she was probably smarter than me um, <laughs> she's really smarter than me and um, she was on board a craft. We actually had to get her off the craft to get her back in your body the day we got her. Okay, let me pause there. Elena, tell us about Julie and your experience with getting her back. Before I do, I want to tell the listeners that this prayer that was given to me, which I feel are marching orders more than anything, I will post it up on my blog so they can go read it for themselves. Okay, and so then we'll go into to Julie. Um, boy, I am getting brave, aren't I? <laughs> you are getting pretty brave, Elena. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so um, we had been moving down the healing journey trail for a couple months, and we prayed for my ear, and this thing came out of my foot, which I now understand as being something called a Fitbit. And they're actually now coming out and in their, they're releasing the information that they've had for many, many years. 
um, about what this piece of technology was that came out of my foot. It looked like a little chip. And um, when Julie came up, let me just, Julie's story was that I was um, at an intersection and they just yanked her out of my body from some intersection where I was driving. I think from what I can tell is that probably in my 30s, this is when they took her, and they took her aboard a craft in Sirius. They took her to the system of Sirius, and um, which is, by the way, very connected into the Freemason and Illuminati whole thing. So they took her aboard there. Julie um, was a nurse and was quite familiar with some very advanced technologies, which in this next year, we're starting to see some of the devices that she told us about that I was having a hard time wrapping my head around. But now they're coming out with some of them. And whenever I come across one of these, I find them in the weirdest places. I'll send it to Daniel and say, look, Julie was right. <laughs> so uh, look, 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 it's confirmation. Um, so um, she um, dealt a lot with hybrid and clone babies. She actually nursed quite a bit of them, and I'm talking about breastfeeding. She was quite irate at what had been done here on uh, this planet about, um, you know, this whole, it seemed to be this thing where they were trying to get human mothers to stop breastfeeding when it is like the most perfect food for your infant. Now, on this other end, from the front, I can tell you I lactated for um, 40 years. <laughs> I thought everybody did that. <laughs> oh my so, yeah. So, you know, th th that doesn't happen unless you are breastfeeding. So here on this plane, I lactated for 40 years. So, um, yeah, so anyway. Let me yes. just jump in here. If you are a female and you have not been breastfeeding to your knowledge for years and you are still lactating, there is a good possibility you need to ask some serious questions after you hear what Elena has to say. That's all. Go ahead. Serious questions. Now, when Julie came up, this is the first time that I began to understand that they would switch me in my sleep. Julie would get up and write emails to Daniel when I was sleeping. <laughs> and I would wake up the next morning and discovered these emails. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you know, there was a season, folks, where I would get uh, quite a bit of email from Elena. I'd say, you know, anywhere from 10 to 45 a day. And... 
okay. That's a bit of an exaggeration. Not 45. <laughs> or nor maybe four. But if the know. altars would be right. <laughs> but, but Julie got her own email account. So Elena would put her body to sleep and Julie would wake up in her body about, you know, five minutes later. So Elena would be like, I'm going to sleep. And I'd get an email like, oh, she's going to sleep. And then five minutes later, I'd get another email from Julie's email account. Hi, Daniel. Let me tell you. <laughs> and, you know, she'd proceed to rattling out or tell me some high technology stuff. Fascinating. Go ahead. Well, um, Julie knew more about me than I knew about me. Um, Julie knew everything that had been implanted in my body which was pretty extensive, and to this day, it's still coming off. Um, she knew about some of the upgraded mind control. For, for instance, they upgraded me with something called biotelemetry. Um, it was a, it's a Fitbit. <laughs> now we know how the name for it. We didn't at the time. Located at the base of my skull. My neck is backwards because of this thing and also some of the electroshock. When they electroshock you, your back arches and some of the physical fallout I have from this is a backwards neck. When I go see a chiropractor, they will put me in a room for an hour while they try to figure out my x-rays. <laughs> and then they'll say, we don't know how you're even turning your head because my neck is backwards. Um, when I go to the dentist, They'll say, how come your teeth are that ground down? It's because of the electroshock. So um, she knew about that. She knew about the biological agents that were the foundation for some fiber optic implants. Um, as the years went by, they upgraded the technology on me quite a bit. Um, and so she sent you a list of all these various implants, which, by the way, a good portion of these have come out under your ministry, Daniel. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I had audio implants, which you mentioned the black eyes. A few weeks ago, um, the Lord took me inside, and I saw big walls of circuitry, circuit boards. And we began to pray against that. And Daniel sent in some technician angels, remember? And of course, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> they began to shut down some of this stuff. And I actually heard popping going off inside my head, inside my ears, around my eyes. And that's when my eyes started to go black as well. Um, it got worse when we went back in the following week and found more. Um, that uh, when we went in there, I think what you did was you handed over the control of some of this to the Holy Spirit or to the technician angels, right? It's something like that. Anyway, so she sent Daniel this list of audio, dental, I had some organic bioprocessors that were fooling with my weight and metabolism. My weight could go up and down 30 pounds in 10 days. 
it was absolutely astounding mm. how the weight would come on, on and off like that. I had a torture implants in my, I, I had more than one in my back and legs. And if they wanted to, they could cripple me. And they did a couple times at the beginning when we were working together. Mm. I had tracking devices in my feet. I've since had a few come out of my elbow and um, fingers. Um, liquid crystals, those are under my scalp, and you can go to my blog to see what some of those look like. Um, I had nano implants throughout, and they had also somehow, and I think it's through the nanotech, I'm not entirely certain, um, reptilians and draconian circuitry in my spirit and soul which connected me into other dimensions, into other star systems, <laughs> into a lot of things. So Julie was the one that tracked this down and sent Daniel the list. And when she did that, Daniel and I had a session. And that's when this stuff started exiting my body, out of my chin, out of my face, out of my, I just had another one come out of my ear. I mean, it's ongoing. It's been a year and a half of these things coming out of my body. And because the Holy Spirit is in charge of this, I believe that the reason that it's not instantaneous is most likely it would kill me. It is woven that deep down into my being. Some people get lists. Like the honeydew list, mow the lawn, cook some eggs, go to the store, buy a box of stuff. I get lists too, folks. Torture <laughs> implants, dental implants, other realms, other timelines, connected through nanotech. Figure it out, Dandoval. We need help. Like, folks, this is real. I got the list. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but you know, God is moving, Elena. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. What did Julie tell you about the children on board the crafts? Oh, Julie has since had, um, since that time, not just not too long ago, a dream about what was going on with some of the, okay, the clones, they were trying to teach the clones and the hybrids how to behave um, in socially acceptable uh, ways, um, how to be human, hmm. how to be human. And, and she did not like the hybrids so much. She said they were weird. She didn't like them. The clones, her heart broke for them. I, I still remember her crying over the clones. Um, she just said it wasn't fair because the way they, they do the clones really bad. And we won't get into the graphic report on that either. Um, they, they're pretty brutal on the clones. They consider them pretty much lumps of flesh. But see, Judy, uh, Julie was a, she, she nursed them back to health. They had a whole different set of um, physical requirements 
and Julie's job was to um, know and medically attend to them. So you cannot medically attend to somebody without caring for them, or at least Julie couldn't. So um, that's mostly what I remember. It's 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 just. She just it's, recently it had a dream where she saw them being terribly neglected, and it was it was very difficult for her not to just want to leave. So that I remember that, but um, we asked the Lord to attend to that, and Julie has since settled down a little bit. No leaving. Now, <laughs> the reason why they wanted to teach the hybrids to be more socially acceptable is for what agenda? The hybrid agenda. Hmm. So are, are you saying to our listening audience that they plan to seed these hybrids? Daniel, I have a word for them. Mm. I'm calling them humebreds. Because you cannot tell the difference between them and a human. You cannot. They walk among us. People say, oh, they're coming. No, they're here. They haven't been completely revealed yet, but they're here now. So, um, yeah. Okay. They also perform in the very highest levels of government, finance, media, um, yeah, they are both human and not human. Not too long ago, a few weeks ago, I saw one. I saw one in a military uniform. It looked like camouflage. I saw him. He, for just a moment, popped out of nowhere from behind a tree. He was solid and then disappeared. I asked the Lord, what was that? It wasn't one of his. <laughs> I didn't have warm fuzzies about that one bit. So um, prayer does work. But they can um, do some pretty incredible things to the human mindset. You know, some, some people ask, how deep does the rabbit hole go? Well, folks, it actually goes deeper than this. But... We're working our way down into the basement. Elena, Julie helped us in a very significant deliverance one day from something we called a mosaic. Why don't you tell us about that? <laughs> if, I'm going I'm to have to pull here and to remember Philip she discovered Philip in my system. And Philip um, was a mixture of quite a few things. Julie got him, <laughs> okay, this is kind of funny, with a super soaker full of living water. And at the time, I'm just starting to get healing. The Lord is just beginning to start establishing an area in my spirit, spirit I called the safe zone or the sanctuary 
he was just beginning to establish that. It was very small at the time. It's a lot larger now. But at the time, she got him on the outside of my sanctuary in a chair with this bucket of living water until we could get into the session. And we found that Philip was a part demon, part hybrid, part demon, I mean part, part human and part machine. He was a mosaic. That's what she called him. We so, figured out that day, folks, that they have these things called mosaics. They're composite spirits. It's not purely demon. It's not human. It's not even purely artificial intelligence or, or what I would call synthetic. I mean, in a sense, it is synthetic because it's put together, but it's assembled from composite, a composition of parts having different sources. This guy was a reprogrammer that could be stored in any kind of place and operate autonomously uh, from one system to another, meaning from one person to another. Uh, <laughs> Daniel took him apart. It was great. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a problem anymore and hasn't been since August of last year. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll just you know take them apart. I mean, that's the thing, though, when you have a composite. The sword of the spirit is actually very sharp, folks. And, and I remember that day, I actually had... They, <laughs> um, the way it works is that in, in Elena's subconscious, she's she really has all of her parts, and that crosses over and interfaces with the spirit realm and... So everyone's in there and she can see very clearly inside of herself that there is a chair and this thing is tied to it. And Julie is kind of, you know, bullying him, standing over him. And uh, that's basically where I enter the session. And so when I'm talking to Elena, which is on the phone, by the way, um, she is hearing Julie and hearing this thing and seeing it all at the same time while I'm talking to her on the phone. Because it's occurring within her. And I uh, I remember I, I went off to it. I'm like, this is my sword of the spirit. Would you like me to use it? And he said, no. I, I remember that very clearly because it was kind of funny. <laughs> like, oh, really? <laughs> so you would not like me to use this? No, I would not. So um, I did use it after I, I made it answer some questions. Yes, I am kind of mean and cruel in the spirit and things will get hurt and slaughtered. But... I mean, this thing had no right to exist at all. It's a total abomination. And there are some really, really interesting things that they've figured out how to do in the spirit realm. And see, this is what happens with Christians. Christians have no idea what they're dealing with. So they come across something like this. And they say, I cast you out in Jesus' name. Well, yeah, that might work on a demon that has no right to be around. But if you deal with rights, that's one level. If a piece of a human spirit is attached, that's a different level. If you're dealing with synthetic components that's literally... Uh, developed in some kind of quantum computer or whatever that operates like a spirit, that's a whole other level. So you put them all together and you have a big mess. And you think a typical deliverance is going to knock something like that out. Good luck. That's why deliverance sessions might go eight hours and you get nowhere. 
These people don't know what they're dealing with. So, Living water is an amazing um, weapon of our warfare. Hmm. And the other side absolutely despises it. Because it just knocks them out. It burns them. And they're scared of it. So um, Julie uh, said that there is, how did she put it, living water super soakers work really good. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and we're so new at this at the time. You know, I got to wonder if this was, you know, something going on in my imagination. But it's not. Because of the amount of physicality of the things that have come out, you know, since that time. My goodness, Daniel. It's a lot. <laughs> I, I, se I send Daniel pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these things are just unbelievable. And um, there was a time where we, we tried to um, tell people they weren't ready to hear it. <laughs> so, but it's true. It is what it is, and it is what has come out. I, I mean, all I did was take a picture of what was falling out of my scalp, you know, or falling out of my chin or off of my arm. No, folks, you really need to realize that you are talking with a woman who has um, expelled hundreds <laughs> of implants from her skin yes. by the time of this interview. That there are so many, I have so many pictures on my computer alone because of, and she doesn't even send them all anymore. She's like, well, that one looks like the other five. So we'll just, you know, <laughs> not send that picture. <laughs> it just gets a little bit excessive after a while. Uh, but every time there's a newer creative one that's kind of very interesting, she'll just send that along and all of that. It's, it's like old news. It's like, yeah, Daniel, I have like 15 more rocks falling out of my head today and another one falling out of my tailbone. And yeah, I had this one come out of my elbow this morning. He's like, oh, yeah. How was your bagel? <laughs> no, I mean, this is where it's kind of arrived at this point. And you like, listen, like, that doesn't sound like real life. It's like, well, it's real life for us. Anyway. Um, Let me just kind of describe how it feels when, okay, after the session where we prayed for um, these implants, the first thing that happened is I had the oddest feeling in my mouth, like there was something stuck between my teeth. And I was driving, it was later on that day, and I kept stopping at drugstores to get dental floss, and it wasn't helping at all. I could not, it was the weirdest feeling. Then the next thing I noticed was my whole scalp felt like it clamped down onto my head. And I thought, that's really weird. That's an odd feeling. And then it got really loose. Like, I mean, like you, the skin was really loose on my scalp. And I thought, that's, and spongy. Really spongy. I'm like, oh no, this is terrible. And then I would get like a little swelling, which would begin to push its way up through the skin. And I could feel the pain, not just in my scalp, but at least 18 inches from my body. Now, I don't know how to describe that. There is no words to describe that. 
there would people that would say, well, that would be in your field or in your spirit or in your energy field because um, we do have that as humans. I don't like any of those words because they scare me. Uh, you know, I don't want to mislead anybody or even make any kind of statement that would support New Age doctrine. But we do have energy that we put off as humans. And I could feel it in those areas. There is no pain like that. There is no pain like spiritual pain. And for people that think when you die that it's over, I got news for you. It goes way beyond your body. That hurt. And it, sometimes, you know, I would get dizzy and sometimes my teeth would chatter and sometimes I would get headaches that would just, you know, off the charts. But mostly this odd, oh, okay, I would have something coming out of my knee and I could feel it in my elbow. <laughs> that was also weird. Um, I had a number of uh, things come out of my joints. I had um, implants in my joints. I've had them come out of my wrist, my elbows, and my knees. And when they come out of my knees, I can barely walk for a couple days. There is no explanation to that. And um, then it clears up when the thing comes out. And, and by the way, there is actually something called referred pain or reflective pain, scientifically defined as pain perceived at a location other than the site of painful stimulus. Just interesting food for thought for those of you that are listening. Yeah, but what about it outside your body? <laughs> they got a word for that? We, we, we need a new medical dictionary just for you, Elena. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, and we can put the word humebred in there. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll add it. Um, <laughs> Elena. Okay. All right. I, I want to move on now uh, to another very significant part of you. And her name is Sarah. Sarah is a little girl that knows a lot. Mm -hmm. We've talked about Julie. Um, now we're going to talk about Sarah. Who we is Sarah? We talk about Heidi a little bit too because Heidi came up before Sarah. Okay. And I, I find this to be very interesting because there's a lot of crossover between some of these memories that are coming up and another survivor that you work with that's been on, we've actually been on a show together, that would be Robert. And um, I didn't even know anything about Robert when, and we both drew you, or Heidi drew you, the same picture that <laughs> Robert's littles drew, drew for you. Remember that? Yep, the Montauk chair I got from both of you and also illustrations about uh, off-planet or dimensional what we just call them sex temples that just right yeah yeah and they matched and I didn't even know anything about Robert at the time so that was very interesting okay so Sarah came up 
sometime after that. And Sarah has had a lot of interaction with Nephilim, hybrids. Um, when Sarah came up, I wasn't sure at the time, because like I said, we were pretty new into this, um, how to get out of the way and just let the memory come. So we were co-conscious through a good portion of you know what she wanted to tell us. So um, with the memories that Sarah brought was also a scriptural basis coming from me. <laughs> so she was probably one of the more interesting ones, I would say. Um, so she um, talked about Satan's seed line. Um, she said that DNA, they look at it very much like, she, she likened it to Lego blocks. Um, she said um, the possibilities are endless. <clears throat> Once you figure out how to, after they figured out how to do this, how to um, these take these genetic codes for animal, insect, reptile, angelic, human, and after they figured out how to splice all this together, um, her question is, ask yourself, <clears throat> how many different beings can be built and the possibilities are endless? <clears throat> These beings are not just spirit beings, but they're flesh and blood with high IQs and supernatural abilities. What they're capable of is limitless. <clears throat> She said that there are literally hundreds of thousands of species of Satan's seed line. And um, if you understand just on a purely scientific level, something called recumbent DNA, that's what we're talking about. That's what she was talking about. You see, at the time, it's me and her together. So she's telling me and I'm trying to figure out what she's talking about. So um, she said our government is absolutely infiltrated with these beings, cumbreds. And um, she said, keep this in mind when you pray for your country because they do feel it. Um, she also said a lot of the SRA, DID programmers are not human. I don't have a hard time believing that. I, they are so cold. I don't see any, or I don't, in my memories, I don't see any humanity in them. She said none of it's new. It's been going on throughout all of human history. Um, she pointed out to, to look at some of the Egyptian and the various um, cultures, some of their artifacts. They have sculptures and paintings that illustrate that this has been going on since the beginning of time. Um, she talked about um, the Philistine god Dagon. This is an example of an amphibious species. It's a draconian. It's an amphibious draconian. And this race actually lives in the oceans. 
including Antarctica. She told me there was a wormhole off the coast of Antarctica. New Agers call these beings Atlanteans. Um, she, she said they're just evil. Um, one of the things that Sarah showed me is where quite a few of their bases are here on this planet. And I actually have some incredible images of hybrid bases here on this planet. And um, I'll make sure that some of this gets into the video. Um, she said there are weather creatures. And they can cause all kinds of things, from storms to earthquakes. Now, this is coming from her. Um, this is her, her memories. She said there are light creatures. There are energy creatures. You can see these with infrared. Um, she said these can be seriously dangerous to humans, the light creatures. They can siphon off a human being's energy body and can this can even lead to death. She said that many mysterious deaths can be chalked up to these beings sucking down a human's energy. Um, she described to me uh, monkeys, bears, and cat people, wolves, Sasquatch-like creatures. Many of them are mixed. These are a mixture of animal, human, and angelic DNA. They are master shapeshifters. They can cloak, walk through walls, use weapons, can manipulate the molecular structures of just about anything. They can and do portal through wormholes, and they're very dangerous as well. They also can project in front of you more than one. There might only be one of them, but you think you're surrounded by a bunch of them because they know how to use hologram technology. She described to me creatures that look like aircraft, but they're not aircraft at all. They're creatures. They are organic living beings with the power to self-direct, self-heal, and self-protect. Actually, I have, as Elena, seen some of these myself. I saw one during the day and one during the night when I was in Arkansas, and I think I described some of these on the last interview. Um, she said some of these are like zombies, the walking dead. They're soulless. She, they don't have a soul like we think of as a soul. It's more like uh, some kind of matrix, some kind of repurposed materials. And she, she said she's not sure how they do that. The most important thing is that she wants people to know, and I, I can actually, she's right at the surface right now. She wants you to know that they hate us. Even the so-called friendly ones, who are in reality just con men and manipulators. New agers going on about greys and Nordics and light beings. She wants people to get real. She said that the Nordics were created by the Nazis and they are completely evil. And greys, they're just another kind of reptilian kind of clone machine, biological machine. Every one of them, every one of these creatures, she said, see us as human sushi. That's her words. 
She said they do eat human flesh, and I, I don't, there's children listening, I'm sorry. Um, they're some kind of reptilian creature. Um, they do, in fact, um, like human blood. If they can't get that, they will use another kind of mammal. Um, and they will they make some kind of drug out of a distilled concentrated powder out of human blood and organ tissues. It's like cocaine to them. They get some kind of euphoria or something out of it. Um, <sighs> I want to so, come back to the um, the comment you made about beings that look like craft, but well, okay. There's been a long-standing observation, Elena, related to chemtrails. All these yeah. planes splaying chemicals, where do they keep them? A lot of people have postulated different answers to that question because, well, they're not, to my knowledge, at public airports. And yeah, there's a lot of private airports, but I wonder... Could some of these possibly be these beings? What do you think? She said a lot of those are exactly what she just described. The chemtrails are actually um, some kind of being. Not all of them. Never, ever, ever say it's one thing or another thing because it's usually... A mixture of stuff. Um, I do believe, and this is as Elena, I do believe that the military has applications for these chemtrails that have to do with global mind control. But what they're after is something called biocommunication. And we can get into that in another discussion because that's pretty involved. It was a project that they were working on called Operation Stargate back in the 70s, and I was involved with that. Um, and basically, it's you know a way of remote controlling people through various methodologies. But that said, <clears throat> it's not just that. It is, you'll see some sometimes that are just so bizarre. <laughs> um, like the ones that go straight up like a missile. <laughs> I just saw one yesterday. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, that's a plane. Not, you know, um, yeah. Some of it is cloaking for some of their agenda. Oh. Interesting. Um, she said that these beings all have a signature besides their common hatred of human beings. She said that they are, for the most part, cannibalistic. They are pedophiles, and they are homosexual. She said they have a signature. That's what she said. She said they're pretty nasty all the way around. And even as I'm talking to you right now, I can feel her shaking 
she's scared. She doesn't like talking about it. So um, she said that they are psychopaths. Um, she said some that are born, they might look like us. They're cruel, even as children. And um, a lot of what you're seeing in the media are exactly that, humebreds. So she said that some of them are huge. Some of them are nano-sized. Size is a non-issue because they can shapeshift. Um, some are very tiny, but they can appear as being very large. Um, they can and do feed off of us. Um, they particularly like things like pain, grief. And let me tell you a quick story about pain. They abducted one of my cats, and I don't know if I told this story in the last interview, but they abducted one of my cats, and when I, they threw it back in my yard, and they had done to my cat like they had do to the cattle. And I was beside myself. I was just so upset. And I heard this voice say to me, stop it because that's exactly why they did it. And immediately the tears dried up, the grief stopped. I was able to bury my kitty in peace. And I didn't understand that at the time, but I do now. They will deliberately cause issues so they can get you riled up in a lot of pain, and they feed off of that. Uh, think about it. I always think about it. It's like uh, hell hath no fury as a woman scorned. They're jealous. So they enjoy seeing our pain and they feed off of that um, sexual energy. They, they feed off of that. Um, so, yeah. Um, she said, uh, not only do they um, do that, but they will actually, okay, if you've got children listening, please have them leave the room. I don't want to scare a child, but they will actually um, consume human flesh, and some even prefer to eat it while the human is still alive because it gets more adrenaline, and adrenaline is like a drug to them as well. Um, they harvest adrenaline. Um, Anyway, uh, mm. she um, said that there are colonies of them living, and here we go again, in the clouds. She called it a crease. And when she told me that, I did a little bit of biblical research and the word for locusts in Revelation 9 and 7 is a crease. A-K-R-I-S. The word for cloud is anon, like the Anunnaki. So, um, in 2009, when I was seeing these beings in the clouds, it was what it was. That's what I was seeing. That somehow... They, they are doing that. 
and I'm not too sure exactly how it all comes about. I do think some of it is cloaking for other um, things. I think some of it is exactly what Sarah says it is. We're the locusts, and we, I saw them come on the face of this planet in 2009 in the summer. How did you see them come on the face of the planet? Oh, Daniel, I'll never forget that day. <clears throat> I was driving. <laughs> and I looked up. And it was a cloudy day. It was, I mean, there was, it was partially cloudy, you know, so you have sun and blue sky and then these clouds. And I'm looking, and they look just like ships to me. And I start shaking from head to toe. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? I'm having this discussion with me. Why are you having this reaction? So I pull over, and I'm in an area where I can, and I was in the Chicago area. I could see out, you know, because it was clear enough. They were coming from one direction. When I looked towards the city, it was clear they were coming from the north. And I'm looking at these things, and I'm seeing them just go in mass towards the city. And I'm shaking from head to toe. So I have my camera. I pull my camera out, and I'm taking all these pictures. And I called a good friend. I'm like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. You're going to have to talk to me right now because I'm not sure I'm nuts. The good news is, if you think you're nuts, you're probably not. But uh, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what this is. I don't know what I'm seeing. And they said, um, take a deep breath and ask the Lord. Jesus, what am I looking at? What am I looking at? And I was too frightened at that point to really hear clearly. But I knew it wasn't good. This is not good. <laughs> this is definitely not good. And this is when Obama was running for office. And I was in Chicago. I don't know if it's connected, but it feels connected to me. Um, let me just describe some of the things I saw in the clouds. I saw beings in the clouds with the beards like you see in the ancient with the long beards. I saw them fighting with each other, some of them. I saw some that were half man and half something else, just like some of the, the sculptures that you see of ancient Assyria. I saw all manner of reptiles and other creatures. Uh, and this is really strange. I'll try to include some of the pictures. I don't know if other people can see it, but I did. I saw huge ships carrying around these giant heads. They looked to be as like they were sleeping. Um, like I said, I don't know if it was just me that saw it or other people can. I saw these clouds when you stood up to them and speak the name of Jesus, release a stream of insects, little black 
particles. I think now that that might be, I didn't have a word for it back then. I don't know if they were insects or some form of bioplasma or something along those lines. Um, I saw them throw lightning at me. I also saw glittery-like things that came down, but I also saw them leave in the name of Jesus. I've also seen the chemtrails stop and the planes disappear when I prayed against them. And I have seen living planes drop out of the sky and disappear. I have seen the Lord do miracle after miracle after miracle when it comes to these sorts of things. So. Folks, um, I know. Some of you are sitting here like, uh, what just happened to my grid? Let me tell you, it got broke, shattered, stepped on, and defiled. This is what happens. I, and I'm going to be honest, folks, I, you know, I'm learning all the time. I have learned how to listen and Take a moment to say, okay, I have preconceived notions that clouds are simply nothing more than condensed water, and there's nothing more to the conversation. But what if I don't know everything? Elena is not the only one that has reported things about the clouds, talking about it. Um, Stuff is beginning to come out, and um, you um, know we will see. Can, Go ahead. Okay, one more thing. Yeah, I have seen solid objects appear out from behind the clouds too. Some of them were very small. I, I would take my video camera and video, and then look frame by frame because I could feel it that there was something going on there. And I would take it frame by frame, and all of a sudden, you would see this very small object just fly out from behind this cloud. There were other times where they were quite large, quite large. Thing. I actually, um, here just recently, I saw a report where they had seen a city in the clouds. This was just recently, and they had, there's actually video and pictures up on YouTube somewhere. I saw that in 2010 and 11. Now, um, I took pictures, but my camera broke after I took the pictures. I had to get another one after that. Hmm. But that's another one of their tricks. They will take your pictures and break your camera and stuff like that. But anyway, yep. I was so excited, though, when I saw somebody else reporting. And I'm like, oh, I saw that, too. Hmm. <laughs> and it's like confirmation that you're not the only. Because, you know, the natural response to that. And, and I got to say, this probably happens to a good deal of us that come forward and say, hey, we're seeing something here. You're crazy. That's the pushback. Mm -hmm. You're nuts. You need to get on meds. There's something wrong with you. You're hallucinating. No, I wasn't. I was in my right mind, and I saw what I saw except I was afraid to tell anybody up until right now, and this is what, how many years later? It's 2016. All right, seven years ago, 
is when I began to see this stuff, but I wouldn't tell a soul because I was afraid to be called crazy. And I'm not afraid anymore. You want to call me crazy? That's okay. I don't care. I am crazy for Jesus. <laughs> That's right. I love my Lord because I saw him deliver me time and time again from this stuff. And, you know, he's no respecter of persons, Daniel. If he did it for me, he'll do it for his beloved, no matter where you're at. Well, I'm going to tell you what, Elena. We're, we have a, a little bit of a chunk of time left that we can still talk. And I want to come back and give you about 10, 15 minutes to get into what you didn't finish talking about or, or really get into much, which was, uh, you called it bio... Oh, and now I don't remember the word that you use. The project... Mm -hmm. Okay. Go ahead. What what was the word? <clears throat> okay. Um, some of the projects that they used me in, these were military applications, okay. came out of something called Operation Stargate, which was basically, um, it was based out of Fort Meade, Stanford Research Institute, DARPA was involved. As a matter of fact, one of the first words that started coming back to me was DARPA brat. And I would hear this word, I guess it was maybe 2012. Where is that coming from, DARPA brat? You're a DARPA brat. And I'm like, why am I a DARPA brat? I had no clue what that is. But that was um, part of um, some of what they had um, done to me. Basically what they were doing was using um, uh, these various methodologies to amp up human um, psi abilities, you know, PSI, psychic ability. Um, they were testing me as a child for psychic ability. They took me out of school when I was, I couldn't have been more than six. They would come get me, and they took me out of school about four or five blocks, maybe a little more to Rutgers University, which is a military university, and they would test me for psychic abilities. The other thing they were doing, um, they called it biostimulation, and that's when they are amping your, um, your uh, it's, it's uh, the same thing that they base acupuncture on, your electric, um, fields, mm -hmm. and uh, the children, they found out that they were much better conductors of electroconductivity. What they were doing um, was, oh boy, this, this, this one just keeps going. I could probably talk about this for about six hours because it goes so deep. What they were looking for was the biophysical aspects of what they call parapsychology or the paranormal. And as I told you earlier, Daniel, we have access to the spirit realm through Jesus Christ every time we pray. They were looking to bypass Jesus Christ 
and hook into the spirit realm for their own nefarious methodologies. They were looking, um, they were doing research on human perception. Now bioengineering is a common, we hear a lot about it, but this is 1972 that some of this was done. Um, what they were trying to do was, um, well, part of it was remote viewing, which I was used extensively in that project. Some of it was something called um, sending and receiving. What they were trying to do was um, get, they were trying to create remote control of another human being from another human being. We call this uh, telepathy, um, but what they were testing was the sanding of a command to a target. And when I was a child, they kind of set this up as a game. Um, they were, first they would put one in one room and another in another room, and you would send an image to one, and did you get it? And then they would take you further and further and further out. And eventually they discovered that it didn't matter how far you were. You could send an image to a receiver <laughs> anywhere. Some people are better at sending and some people are better at receiving, but we are all capable of broadcasting. Um, they had a word for it. It's called, um, it's funny, the initials are the same as Antichrist. Anomalous cognition. Wow. Yeah. They were also about restructuring something called the space-time organization of biopotentials. And by the way, the Lord has been really good. He has backed up my memories with four gigabytes of CIA documentation released through FOIA in the early 2000s. So my memories of being tested at Rutgers when they were testing me as a child and, you know, when they saw what I was able of, to do, they came over and electroshocked me and I wet my pants and passed out on the floor. Um, there's the documentation to prove that study. I know what you were looking for. Mm. Bioplasma, is that the word in biocommunication? Let me just talk on that real briefly. One of the projects they were working on was something called biocommunication. And they began this with plants. There are certain plants that will talk to each other. So what they were trying to do is figure out what materials could they use that they could create communication, biocommunication between two human beings through this channel, otherwise known as biocommunication. Bioplasma also 
the study of this also included an analysis of the quantum properties of skin. Now, before we get into a really deep conversation that we don't have time for about one of the draconian specialties, which is crystalline technologies, they are the masters of the manipulation of bioplasma. And I actually have witnessed bioplasma with my eyes. I've seen it. Was there anything else you wanted to add to that, Elena? Um, I'll talk just briefly on what they're coming out with now. That's This is the basis. What they want to tell you is that they scrapped this project. No, they didn't scrap this project. It went on for 25, 30 years. It was very in-depth, and it involved multiple agencies. Um, right now, they're coming out with something called neural dust and something called a Fitbit. And basically what this is, it's a neural dust moat. And they're saying, oh, well, this is for your health. They're going to use this. In, they call them electroceuticals, okay? Basically, what it does is it possesses a piezoelectric crystal. Actually, all crystals have that. It's um, energy based on pressure is the best way of describing what piezoelectricity is. But from this, they can convert mechanical power to ultrasonic pulses to be broadcast into electrical power. Now, if you sit back and ask yourself, how many applications could that be applied to, you will find yourself back at, like Robert talking about how they used his parts to power up Montauk. And they used some of mine for that as well. So this project's been going on for a long time. And anybody that thinks that they should get neural dust put in their body willingly which is a transhumanism type of thing, for their health, don't do it. It's not for your health. Um, Dracos, which is another form of reptilian, just came out with a new project called Draco that's supposedly there to help you fight viruses in your body. Don't believe that. Don't believe their lies. So... Um, so these projects that, these things that are coming forward now, and they're actually telling you, began for 40, 50 years ago. Um, and don't let them fool you that they scrapped the project, or it was men that stared at goats, and they were all high on some kind of LSD or mushrooms. No, that's not the truth at all. We're talking billions of dollars spent on huge projects that went on and on and on over the course of at least 25 to 30 years or longer. Folks, you've heard it from the source. Elena? Is this survivor? Yeah, Darpa Bratz, no. <laughs> she's a survivor of the project she's telling you about. Um, her desire to understand what actually happened to go through declassified CIA documents doesn't come from 
you know, just the heart of a genuine researcher that would like to know some interesting facts, but of somebody that's journeying to put the pieces together of a shattered life. Folks, um, can I say one more thing about these documents? I I just want to give God some thanks here. Um, I had to download these files through a torrent. There's that many of them. And I looked at how many there were, and I'm like, oh, no, Lord, I don't have time for that. There's no way I can go through all these documents. Jesus will show me which ones I'm supposed to look at. He will actually direct my path. It will just jump off the page. And I'll say, go look that up. And I actually found one of my early programmers that way. I sent you the picture. Yep. And I'm doing so. For those that are trying to heal up, the Lord is your healer. He is your healer. He partners with you to get to the truth because he is the truth. And Daniel, I want to say once again to you and those that support this ministry, my deepest heartfelt gratitude, how much I appreciate what you've done for me. I have had a very, very hard life for many years. But because of Bright Ministry, guess what I have now? I've got hope that it's going to get better, that things are going to turn around. They are turning around. And my body is now becoming my own, dedicated unto the Lord to do his good and perfect and pleasing will and to turn around and help others that need to come up and out of it just like I do. Thank you, Daniel. And thank you to your supporters. Mm-hmm. Folks, for everything that you've heard today, uh, you have not heard the whole story. As a matter of fact, you haven't even heard from what? Murphy. And Murphy was introduced to me as a quantum physicist from the future. How many of you would like to hear from a quantum physicist from the future. <laughs> but if you want to, you will have to wait until Elena's third interview because we're out of time. So there's your cliffhanger, folks. And I'm going to tell you something. Murphy is like the coolest quantum physicist I have ever met in person. She, ha- she has <laughs> proven herself to us time and time again, hasn't she? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, folks, with that said, Look, Jesus Christ is the healer. He's the redeemer. He's the deliverer. He is the power source behind everything that has created solutions for Elena. Uh, My source of wisdom, my source of insight, my source for uh, strategy to bring broken lives into wholeness is Jesus. And uh, I want to tell you he wants to be yours too. He wants to be your healer. He wants to be your liberator. He wants to be your salvation, your solution. At Bride Ministries, we believe in Jesus Christ. Folks, we're out of time. You have been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. And until next time, God bless and Godspeed. Discovering the Truth with Dan DeBall 
is the premier radio program designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program has been a production of Bride Ministries. You can find us at www.bridemovement.com At our website, you can contact us, access resources, and support us with donations. We need partners in order to continue to produce our vision, which is to promote unity in the body of Christ worldwide and assist in the creation and development of sheep nations. Partner with us and be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.